Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt, and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. I think we better add. I think we better start again after that revelation that Jonathan just... Right, okay. Well, let's go. Welcome to this No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 72. And... Um, I'd like to know when this episode is going to go out. So it should technically be Sunday the 21st of November. Uh, no, not in November, October. Jesus Christ. However, given the sorry state of affairs of our hosting site at the moment, who knows if that's going to go out then. So uh, if you listen to this late, we're just sorry. It's all we can say. <clears throat> sorry. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to get last week's uploaded after this tonight i think i've worked out the issue so um good good because yeah. i've had mel on my case saying that she's uh actually let me read it out so mel fudge uh, one of our avid fans and friend of uh no nonsense nutrition uh messaged me today saying i want to know where your um where is it yeah i want to know where your latest episode is and then she then put some little musical sign saying why are we waiting a nice picture of um, Dan Mac. So I just sent te- technical issues. I sent her another picture of Dan Mac just to tide her over. I know how much she likes Dan Mac. Um, anyway, which, so which pictures? Uh, he he was wearing very little clothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she then replies, I, "Mel, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Too late because I'm, I'm going to anyway. I'm back home on a dog walk, having to make do with the in quotes get to know shredded Ed instead." Roly eye emoji face. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, so she was slating you, mate, saying that I don't want to listen to Ed. I did say, yeah, it was a bit of a boring episode. Wasn't Ed the most downloaded one, though? No, he's lying. He don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell because we're locked out the account. I was going to so say. I not even tell you whether that was true or not. No, as I say, I, I, th- th- this is how we know that we have this technical issue because I actually went to check. <laughs> I couldn't see. So, um, no, I don't believe that is the most downloaded episode. Uh, it used to be outside of the Jane Smith episode. It did used to be the, the one we went through all the, the, the diets, the dogmatic diets, and kind of uh, myth-bust each one of them, didn't we? So, Which was about only episode five or six or something like that, wasn't it? Something really early on. Yeah. Did you have the diddle, two top of the diddle do diet? No, we didn't do that, Jonathan. Uh... Well, we can see the tone of this this episode. If someone puts a dildo in their mouth, they can't put any food in it. Well, what if they coat the dildo in peanut butter? <laughs> and then they got some issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would almost guarantee that has definitely been done at some point. <laughs> Anywho. Right. Um, we'll skip Ed's intro uh, in terms of what he's been up to. Because obviously you guys actually know you should have heard, should have heard from... Dan Matt last week, uh, the week before we even heard it from Ed on his own episode. This week is another Get to Know the Coach episode where we will be hearing the dulcet tones of Jonathan Lewis. So we get an episode level you. We're gonna get deep and intimate with the Welsh wonder himself. Mm. Mm. Sounds more interesting than it may be. Well, it is you you're about really, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're you're always interested anyway because you have an accent. That's the thing, isn't it? It's a good icebreaker. Except when someone says to me, "Are you from Ireland?" I said, "Clearly, I'm not from Ireland." 
because we don't own anything alike. Don't Shelley- you think it's funny with the Welsh? So don't you think it's funny with the Welsh accent that when people try and do like an Indian accent, they end up going Welsh. Yeah. But when they do a Welsh accent, they don't end up going Indian. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I think about I, that one. Whilst you're uh, eating your cocoa pops in the morning. I think I can do both of those much better than what you're now suggesting. Go on then. Ding ding my name, please. Um, that's. <laughs> horrendously stereotypical and borderline racist if I'm honest um, Simpsons isn't it <laughs> I thought that was thank you come again Apu thank, oh. thank you come again yeah so oh, Jesus Christ you just sounded like Johnny then no that, well maybe um, yeah maybe my Welsh is better is that right Johnny my Welsh is much better than your Welsh because I'm not Welsh your Welsh is pretty good yeah yeah and it's pretty deep and you see, you, you see those two houses. Mine's the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right, true story. One Welsh guy once said to me, "Whose court is that jacket?" <laughs> I, was like, I don't even know what that means. What do you mean, whose coat is that jacket? It doesn't even make sense. You say, "I'll be there in a minute now." Be there in a minute now. Is that an English thing as well? Well, you might say, no. "I'll be there in a minute." No, I'll say, "I'll be there. I'll be there in ten minutes now." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That just that is typically Welsh, I'm sure, because again, whose coat is that jacket? I'll be there in a minute now. It makes no sense. You know what I read the other day? So this will this will set the tone for this conversation. I'll, I was, where was I reading it? Have you ever heard the term of get your rat out? No. <laughs> yeah. Right, no, okay. Well, well apparently <laughs> it's very <laughs> if you don't if you're not aware I'm guessing people are. Get your rat out means get your female genitalia out. Okay. Right. okay. So there's an article about this. And it was at this at a very, very particular statement. It was actually founded in someone like Ebuville, which is up the road from me. And now it's it's moved on from that now. It's it's gone to rat out. So apparently people shut out the window now of their cars at women in the street and say rat out. So then they predict that soon enough they're just going to be shouting rat out the window. <laughs> How did we even get down that rabbit hole? That makes no sense. I don't even know yeah, how that's happened. More of a, more, more of a, more of a, uh, a rat hole, don't you think? We, uh, right. Let's move on because that's terrible. So, Johnny... All about Johnny, the fav- Actually, I would say most people's favourite coach. I think. Again, don't know why. It just must be the accent. There's probably one person's ever said that. No. Against people. What? Everyone says Johnny. All of the coaching applications we get, like weekly, are always they want to work with Johnny. Why? Probably because something's wrong with the system. They just automatically put my name there. <laughs> I was going to say John- Johnny's the default coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No. Um, <laughs> right. Well, let's let's find out about you then, Johnny. Then people can make their own minds up whether they like you or not. So, what is your full name? Middle name as well. Yeah, go for it. Because Paul didn't give his, but to be honest, that question was only in because we just wanted to hear Paul say cock. <laughs> there's there's not there's no such word in my name, but it is Jonathan Mark Lewis. Jonathan Mark Mark. Sorry, if we said Mark, I thought that's a funny name. Could be Welsh. Um, okay. Not that interesting, right? And how old are you? 
mm, 32. Am I 32? 86. Yeah, 32. Grimmer, isn't it? I also saw it when I was like 16. Me, 32 is really old. Yeah, well, well think, 32. think how bad Paul feels. Oh, is he 42? No, Paul's, Paul's what, 40? 40. Yeah. Speak, isn't it? Yeah, age number no. As you say, you're uh, you're only as old as a woman he feels, and he's pretty young then, isn't he? Mm, I'm older than thirty-three. Stick with your real age, mate. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about what you like to do in your spare time. Well, I like to. <laughs> I just don't want to say I can't say it. <laughs> I'm in a funny mood today. I'm in a funny mood. Today. I'm in a funny mood. Um, I wasn't going to say pom. <laughs> uh, never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> what I like to do? You have to now. Huh? You have to now. Pom my plonker. Only joking. Just thought I'd put it in there just for a laugh. Well, he's not jo- he's not joking, though, is he? <laughs> Come on, let's raise the tone back up. This is so childish, lads. Right, as you're all aware, maybe you're not who listens to the podcast. I do have a 14 month old daughter, so my spare time—well, I say spare—outside of working and nutrition is mostly spent with her. But <clears throat> I even had a Hoover in yesterday, so. Get them started young in it, over in the kitchen, which is good. So apart from that, I do actually like the fanny around with cars. Not fanny around as in working them, because I'm useless at any DIY of any description. I'm like reading about them. This is boring to people, like, but all old 1960s, 50s, 50s, 60s, 70s, old American muscle cars, which I really want to own one day. So I'm interested in that. Football, especially Man United. I know Brett's a scumbag Liverpool fan. Anyone who listens to this who's a scouser, stop listening to our podcast. You make me sick. <laughs> this, this is all this is all said in a joking way, by the way. I'd if like you... I'd like to say that is a joke, but I don't think it is. Also, aren't most like most scousers don't even support Liverpool, do they? If you're an actual scouser, most of them support Everton. Is Liverpool? That's, like a that's the biggest load of bullshit ever, Ed. That's such a know. myth. That's such know. a myth. Who do you How think? Who, who do you think goes to Anfield every week? All the the tourists. Ridiculous. All all all, all the rich foreigners, just like in my do. Do you know a scouser that is a Liverpool fan? Yes, plenty. Do you? No. No? No. That's because you're, you're not from <laughs> Liverpool. I know two two Liverpool fans. One of them's Brett. He's from Norwich. And the other one's a guy I play hockey with. He's well, from Leek. Technically, I was born in the Wirral, actually, at Wirral County General. So, stuff Ooh. that one. So posh. I just, <laughs> I've just lived down south for a long time. It's not a scouser. Well, I haven't got a tash and a curly mop, no. Do you steal the cars? Say again? Do you steal the cars? I've never stolen a car in my life, Jonathan, so... I'll be a scouser then. I thought they only nicked the wheels. 
didn't lick anything. So, uh, if there's any Scouse people listening, which, you know, we've got at least 10 listeners, so there's a, there's a reasonable chance there might be one Scouse person listening. I'm really sorry for offending you. So, so far, Johnny's offended Scouse people, Indian people, and probably Welsh, let's be honest. <laughs> we, we get it. I, I don't take any offence. Just come away like... This is where I don't agree with the old politically correct world that we live in at the minute. We live in a world for fannies. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I mean, anyway. So, <laughs> oh, this is a bad episode already. Oh, okay, so you like um, tink- not tinkering with cars, but you like reading about cars and specifically American muscle cars. What's, what's, give, me, give me like the one American classic car that you would want to own then. Mustang? Uh, as a boss, as a boss, four two five, Mustangs really, really were. It's like two hundred and fifty grand or three hundred grand. And there's another. Is there, is there a sixty eight or a sixty nine, three fifty Mustang classic? And that's like half a million. Um, I quite like the nineteen thirty two, which is quite old now. Uh, four three window coupe. It's like not in original form, but when they modded, class. Um, 1970s Chargers, um, Pantera. So when I said, when I, sorry, mate, just to cut you off there. When I said the one car that you would want to own, you just named about ten. I know. I can't really pick one. Oh, you're gonna have to pick one. Just one. Just one from that era. Uh, well, to be honest, I don't care, mate. You can pick any car you like. You don't have to be from that era. It's just you seem to like those cars, so. Like if it, put it this way, if it was me, I'd have something like a Maserati Gran Turismo, which is not that era. But kind of brilliant. it would. Oh, it would have to. It have to be a Veyron, wouldn't it? It have to be because you know the the injury has gone to that is ridiculous. You know what I mean, I'd have to have one, but I'd need like two million quid in the bank to be able to buy one. More than that, probably, because you got to run the thing. Yeah, it's like 14 grand for a set of tyres. Hmm. It probably does like one mile to the gallon. More than like... Yeah. Just like American muscle cars. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which also do one mile to the gallon. Yeah, because they've got like eight litre engine in them. Hmm. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, there we are. Well, is... Any, any, is there anything else you like to do in your spare time? Do you know, I like to read? I like to read about different subjects like space things yeah the universe where we come from um i've actually got into jordan peterson lately jordan peterson that guy's a legend he just tells it as it is i like listening to him podcast like listen to podcasts like joe rogan's podcast because he gets on so many different people yeah i just like to, i like to expand my knowledge of just not nutrition but just of life That's in cool. Jordan Peterson is obviously a very uh, intellectual and articulate man. But on the subject of nutrition, don't listen to a word he has to say. It's ridiculous. Literally ridiculous. Did you did you see, um, hear him on the Joe Rogan podcast? No. He's been on like three times, hasn't he? So I only listen to bits. Well, he um, suffers with... I don't know whether I dare say they're allergies or intolerances, really, but basically he feels that he has food uh, intolerances. So his uh, apparent solution, which he's then preaching and selling on to other people, is to basically cut everything but beef and bourbon. That's all he eats. Yeah, literally. 
That was uh, so, and that got passed down to his daughter. So you can remember Paolo was talking about this. Got his daughter um, was do was trying to basically preach exactly the same. They now sell that as a nutritional strategy for people with um, with with intolerance issues. I think because he was on. Have you ever got Lewis House? No. A good podcast, and he had him on there, and he talked about his daughter being like in real dire straits for years, like four or five years of really bad arthritis, body wide arthritis, yeah, and just meat or something now, and, it, and it, that all works and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, hence they feel like the uh, the solution there is to only eat beef and drink bourbon. Mm. So anyway, maybe, yeah, maybe just stick to his um, clinical psychology uh, stuff rather than his nutrition stuff. Maybe, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hundred percent. He, he, he just, he just because he tears it as it is, and he, and he always tucks people up. They try and put words in his mouth, and they try to say, "Oh, you're like this." He's like, "No, no," and he's so intelligent they just can't compete with him, and it's brilliant. Especially, I think he's, he's feminists, all these, all these clowns that you have to do this, you have to do that. No, no. Is it Article C sixteen or something he's on about? Well, it's illegal if you don't call some. A transsexual person by their preferred pronoun of like zero, some fucking bullshit like that. So you, you have to tell them, or it's illegal. It's like that's ridiculous. I wouldn't do it. But yeah, no. Well, another topic, another day. Yeah, that's Johnny's politi- political views on gender um, equality <laughs> and um, gender <laughs> recognition. I don't know if that's in the right term, actually. In the new thing. Mm. Well, let's let's move on to another question. <laughs> so, speaking sure. of your, uh, well, speaking of nutrition, what what is your nutrition like? So, I know previously when we've spoken to you, your previous nutrition habits were three million Weetabix a day every day. Um, has that changed recently, or are you still uh, a big Weetabix fan? So, about five hundred thousand Weetabix a day now. I just cut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you moderating hardly ever as a matter of fact the things I eat <clears throat> I don't do that anymore I don't like what I used to sort of eat clean all week Monday to Saturday and then just have a horrific binge on a Sunday I don't do that anymore thankfully talk, talk, Johnny talk us through oh sorry go on, no, go on. You do that and then we'll... so, what, what, did you, what did you what did you used to binge on on a Sunday well I think <clears throat> Anything to be honest, it was definitely cereal in the morning, like big bowls of cereal, two or three big bowls, not quite mixing bowl sizes, but a fair amount. And then it'd just be like, let's go to Tesco's and let's just buy the shittiest things you can buy. So a, a couple of Yazoo's would be a good one, just to chuck away a few, well, probably a thousand calories. Um, pizzas, burgers, McDonald's. Fish and chips, like the record. I think I had a fish. I had one. I had fish and chips. I had a steak and ale pie, beans, large chips, and a couple of sausages all at once. And I'd done all that in, and then went home and had a, and a bowl of cereal and ice cream after it. It was just like, <clears throat> let's put it this way: I was averaging about two pound a week loss, and I would gain six pound from Sunday to Monday. Obviously, that's food volume and water retention. I mean, it's probably not all true fats, but there was definitely a pound or two of true fat in that because I was pulling it away. I was pulling thousands and thousands and thousands of calories away. 
Well, what led you to, to doing that? When you read things like Flex, by the way, when was this? It was probably when I was like 20, maybe 22-ish, so call it 10 years ago. So what's, when was that? 2008. Obviously, I can't say, oh, we didn't have the internet back then, because obviously we did. But obviously, I wasn't <clears throat> that into, I was into training, but not so much nutrition. You just listen to the big guy in the gym, or you read Flex magazines, or <clears throat> what else I used to listen to, yeah, Flex magazines, Muscle and Strength, any of the top sort of pro bodybuilding magazines. You just look at them, oh, what do they do? Oh, well, they just eat chicken, broccoli, rice, sweet potato, blah, 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 blah. It's just sort of, well, if it works for them, then I'm, I'm guessing it's going to work for me. And then you get into it, and you obviously do it, and you lose weight. You think, oh, well, it's clearly working then. Not, because calories were foreign to me then. I was like, don't know what you're talking about. Obviously, you knew burgers and chips were classed as junk food. But you didn't really put, I well, I never really put a calorie number to anything. It's just like, oh, I just have six days of clean eating and then just have a binge on one day. All you can eat, basically, on one day. Just copying what bodybuilders used to do, I suppose. Basically, I'm like, I advise my people in the gym. Like, you should overall. Was it overall? Did you actually lose any weight, or did the the yeah, damage it was, it was too? Yeah, overall, yeah. Overall, I got. <clears throat> I lost a fair a fair amount of weight. Yeah, but never knew you ever wanted to be in. Because obviously, you get to the level where you have to become lower and lower and lower in the calories, and then these cheat days are just horrific, and just you're ended up maintaining or gaining weight. So I did lose weight, but only to a point. The best way I ever got in was eating flexible. And being highly active as well. Highly, being highly active helps me a lot. I'd rather be highly and, active to be able to maintain a bit of a higher calorie level than be like just train three times a week and really severely cut calories. Because the best job I was in, I was training five days a week, weights, and I was doing probably 40 rounds sparring a week plus bag work going doing sprints and stuff and I felt good I mean that obviously it's probably a rest before we're training I suppose I was training like but yeah I prefer to be more active you know what I mean so, I just, yeah I'm like that I was just going to say so just let's bring it to your current nutritional intake so just describe what your kind of current overarching nutritional goal is and then just talk us through like your actually like daily nutrition plan so what you eat and when at the minute I'm just <clears throat> eating maintenance at the minute so overall now I don't plan the next day ever anymore I'm not saying I want to do that. I just currently don't do that. It's probably something to do with probably lies is still not sleeping properly. So there's still a bit of sleep deprivation, which affects me quite badly. But overall, it's either this is every day without question. So I suppose it is planned in a sort of way. It'd be whey, oats, berries, or two egg omelette with 250, 300 of egg whites. So that'll be that in the morning. One o'clock, 
without fail would be anything. It's usually one of probably two things now, just because it's just easier. So it'll be, if I have the omelette in the morning, I will have the whey and oats at dinner. Or if I have the whey and oats at breakfast, I'll have a tuna salad, which is like, whatever, 200 odd calories for dinner. Then I'll go to the gym, come back, have protein shake and banana. And then in the night, for tea, could be anything. Like tonight, I had what's called cowl, which is basically a soup. Basically, it's a chunky soup. So beef, potatoes, carrots, peas, onions, stock. I think it ends up being like 550, 600 calories. And then in the evening, I'll usually have probably 300, 350 grams of natural yogurt with some whey, some berries, peanut butter, and a banana. Ah, banana. What do you call it? Honey. And that's pretty much what it is day to day. So, so although you're not planning it as such, you've just sounds like you've just developed these habits where you just create this routine that you just follow through and execute daily. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just you just get in the habit of doing it. But I am now getting in the habit of not changing, not bothering to cook as much, which is a bad for me. It's a bit of a bad habit because it's like before I used to like. All right, one meal can I do today that's different? So I'd have like a bank of like 20 meals I'd go to. Now just write this whatever is easiest, pull it out to the freezer for the next day. I'll just have that with some veg or whatever. So yeah, even though I'm not planning and it's not perfect by any means, it serves a purpose for the time being. Because okay. I focus on training for the first time. Not the first time. I focus more on training and pushing training because I'm enjoying it again after like <clears throat> having a shit couple of years with injury and stuff like that. I'm just like, let's just get into that and not worry about nutrition. Not worry about it, but don't, don't be so anal about nutrition for a minute. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. So you mentioned, so you obviously have your lunch and then train. So what, what is your training routine looking like at the moment? I just have to change it because of life, basically. So obviously... Train four days a week, so it would have been upper, lower, upper, lower. But now, because obviously Eliza and obviously Shelley wants to train and Liam's got stuff on, so I've had to change it now. So we've got to set days each. So I've got to go Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which isn't ideal being Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I've just changed it to push, pull, legs, and full. What? Why is it not ideal? Sorry, just come back. I just don't like training Friday. Saturday, Thursday, Friday. I don't like training for me, all them together, one, 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 because I feel like I'm overly fatigued for the next one. Okay. I usually like to go two days off, one or two days, and then another two days. Okay, interesting. Only because I, I say that because I train five days straight, two days off. I've always thought that's a bit weird, Brett, to be honest with you. Didn't say anything, but just, uh, <laughs> I'm like Johnny. I like to do a couple of days rest because I just feel beat up, and then go again. Not that I'm doing that at the moment, as we found out the other week. But uh, <laughs> if if I was in a place where I could be doing that, that's where I'd be doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I guess like for me, it's more like because of the way I periodize and program. Like I can quite easily manage to fit in those five days straight without kind of fatiguing for my next sessions. 
so you like take a leg day so like i have like a a, a lower upper um lower upper or not not full body but more like a lower upper and then um deadlifts and some accessory work basically on so that's the lower upper accessory work let's just call it like that and then lower upper again so there's always like three days between my two lower days so albeit i'm still training not training those muscle groups directly so i feel usually pretty well recovered by the time i then do my like lower to lower say or upper to upper so so you do deadlifts and accessories and then lower the next day or upper the next day lower the next day that's quite brutal then isn't it uh, well it's also uh i use like a dup style of um application to my programming so like I'll have a strength day on a Monday. Oh, sorry, on a Sunday. Obviously, train a day early in the week now than I used to. Start on a Sunday rather than a Monday. And then, our, like, my second lower day is more of a hypertrophy session. So, right. um, I... And I, the funny thing is, a lot of the evidence says it should be the other way around, but I felt, found, like, through trial and error that I was better in terms of fatigue management by having the hypertrophy day my second day. And my, I found that my deadlifts on a... As in... Uh, on my accessory work which includes my deadlifts on a Wednesday don't really affect me then doing the hypertrophy because I can almost feel like I can just rep those out without having to worry too much mm-hmm. it's my heavier days where I then would struggle probably hence why they're on a first day of the week rather than my second day of the week yeah um, I definitely definitely program it that way having heavier first and then hypertrophy later in the week uh, depends on I suppose with that how much heavier work you're doing so if you're doing a lot more heavier work in your program then you'd probably want that time off in between whereas if you're doing a bit more of a split like you where you're slightly heavier and then slightly lighter later on in the week um you can kind of you can get away with with bunching your training mm-hmm. which uh yeah gives you friday and saturday then as uh, daddy baby time yeah yeah and I, I feel that recovers me plenty but anyway this isn't about me is it i suppose sorry we went on a bit of a tangent there didn't we i just i found it interesting you say how why you like to um to do it but i, I thought because I'd be upper lower, upper lower. So effectively, be upper Monday, lower Thursday, upper Friday, and lower again Saturday. And I wouldn't recover between Friday, Thursday, and Saturday because I'd still be aching. And when I ache, my sessions are a disaster. Because like, well, I can't, and it pisses me off. And I'm like, if I've got like whatever on the leg press, five plates aside in the leg press, whatever, I must do fifteen. If I do twelve, it annoys me. Mm-hmm. This is me off the rest of the session. I'm like, for fuck's sake, like. And then, I, 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 I think it's funny. I reckon if you did lower upper, lower upper, you'd be right. Only because I tend to find most most men, especially, tend to fatigue, uh, or have a lot more soreness from leg sessions than they do probably upper body sessions. So if you did like your lower rest, rest upper, lower upper, yeah, I reckon you'd probably have more success with it. But anyway, you know, again, by the by, this is yeah. an interesting debate. I've actually been thinking about what what to change in it because <clears throat> Friday ends up being a short session because I, I got to pick a lies it up. So I got to think, right, what can I do on a Friday that's quicker? Like I know I can't do legs that day because it's not quick enough. Yeah, it's too slow. It's too slow. Mm-hmm. When the volume gets bigger, it ends up being like an hour and a half. So like, well, I finished work at four. I go. I got to leave the gym by half past five. So I got to get there and leave by hours five. So like, oh, well, what can I do now then? So the thing about I done this week. I've done pull this week. I'll do legs Friday. I'll do push on Friday, and I'll do a full body large volume session on Saturday, where I do a lot. It might take like an hour and a half, but most of the volume for the week ends up being in there. 
I've even considered going back to proper bro splits. Just because they're quicker. It's like chest and biceps or whatever. It's like, well, mm-hmm. three exercises maybe and two grams or something. Two arm sets is relatively quick, isn't it? But then that ends up being training in the gym maybe five days a week. So I've been like, mm, experimenting at the moment. What am I going to do? I, yeah, I sometimes find that if you do slightly shorter sessions, you might have to get a couple more of them in. So like I was saying the other week, I'm training sort of like 45 minutes to an hour most of the mm-hmm. time. Uh, but it, it, it means that I can get a few more. I, like I'm more inclined to go to the gym instead of saying, oh, I've got too much work to do. Because um, I'm like, well, I can get it. I can be in and out. I can be door to door in an hour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, from a, from a hypertrophy perspective, in terms of muscle gain, like if you're doing five shorter sessions as as opposed to maybe like three longer sessions, you're probably going to equate more volume over that five days than the three. Yeah, you? and obviously that's we know that's the key driver of muscle gain. So, and obviously they think or they know that twice a week is better than once a week with body fat. I'm thinking, what is the re- what is the real world difference between someone who's trained for ten years? doing a bro five-day-a-week split and someone who's done twice a week. What is the real-world difference over 10 years? Can anybody say that with any degree of certainty? Or like, yeah, it's just 20% better. I don't know. No, there's no studies for it, mate, is there? There's, there's no studies for it because obviously it take it's just too expensive and too painstaking to actually do it. But... I, I, it's what it's the, the thing is, so we we kind of know that volume the key, being the key driver. I think if you did a bro split, and volume was equated, i.e., the same as if you did single muscle groups over every many days compared to doing push pull full bodies or whatever, if the volume's the same, you'd probably expect kind of the same results. Mm-hmm. And I think Schoenfeld obviously had a couple of things where they look at one and a half to two times frequency per week on a muscle group is better yeah. than one. But I think if volume's equated, that difference between those two are then literally going to be almost nothing. So. But then it's whether you can do that volume in one session, isn't it, yeah. to equate it? Because obviously that might be unpractical in real life terms because it's a lot easier from the point Ed just made about having X amount of sessions over a week and doing more but shorter sessions compared to like one long session. You you wouldn't be able to smash your chest and get sufficient volume, but also like not like avoiding junk volume. You know what it's like. Sometimes you do like arms or chest or something and you're like, yeah, go on, you're training with a mate and you're loving it and you're smashing out this volume. But halfway through the session, none of the volumes really what you call consider quality volume that turns into junk volume, and you're like you're mm. probably not really stimulating any growth out of a lot of that, and you're just fatiguing yourself with no benefit. So there's that's the other downside, I think, sometimes with things like bro splits. I think even yeah. if you did equate volume, that I don't think it's uh, particularly optimal. But anyway, another tangent. We love a tangent. I think if I can get back on shift, which is what I'm going to go for, I might go back to bro splitting it. Because okay. it'll be more time. As in, if I go back on a shift, it'll be a continental pattern, which is four on, four off, four on, four off. So for me, and obviously Shirley and the kids, easier. Because if I'm in work six till six, then Liza's in bed time I get home. So that I can use him for the gym because I'm not, I'm not going to see it that day anyway. You know what I mean? And the two days off or whatever, it's kind of quick. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm just... I like the the key for anything is whatever you can sort of stick to, isn't it? And whatever you're going to enjoy. I think enjoyment sort of trumps a lot of things when it comes to training. Like you're soon going to find yourself missing sessions if you don't enjoy it, and you're you're spending more time worrying about coming home and seeing Eliza or 
uh, or whatever you say. Um, yeah, it's no different than your nutrition, is it? Like ad- adherence mm. is going to be the primary factor of success because obviously, like you said, if you can't stick to it, you ain't going to do it. Yeah, my the, the time I enjoy training the most when I was training five day five day weeks, but the sessions were well, they should have been shorter. But I was training with a maniac at the time. Um, so I might go back to that. I enjoyed it more. But like I trained with a guy for probably a year and a half, and this guy was. The hell was that? No, it's my. There's a. There's a. Hang on, let me turn my phone off. Someone just like smash a bell or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, this guy. Imagine him. He's like <clears throat> always had a jumper on, so it was big, but you couldn't really tell how big he was. But he's nice. 19 stone and he had abs and until t- you took took it took his top he really didn't get how big he was like oh, Jesus Christ you are inhumanly big I said oh try with me for a bit then alright whatever next I loved the challenge back when I was younger I said I will outlift you I don't care how big you are I will keep up with you never did he was an animal never seen anybody like it in my life however I enjoyed playing with him because he was so insane he was insane it was ridiculous training do- I, I liked it it was that- like it, sa- it sounds sorry, mate. It sounds like treating like uh, training with Matthew Morgan. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely insane, like an animal. How can you have like, Jim? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> Trained so hard for those ten minutes. <laughs> ten, Christ! Even that's optimistic. I think. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you boys know he's actually on holiday now? Yeah, he's not in the country. Oh, what, what do you think I, I, I messaged him today saying why are we recording this on the podcast anyway I messaged him today saying how was your trip or did you not know what I meant or... I probably didn't read your message to be fair no, to be a fair, busy day you never do yeah. Yeah. anyway right let's um, okay so Ed, let me tell you about the legs day first just I want to tell you this yeah. the guy you're training with legs so his leg day so you warm up on the on the leg extension this is not a normal warm up okay this is ridiculous It'd be 10 sets, probably, 10 to 12 sets to warm up your quads, right? And you'd end up going, you'd do like 50, 50, 50, 50 reps of like, obviously, it's, the intensity is not very high in terms of weight. But then within set two, he's pushing you to failure. This is set two of 10. And then you'd end up doing like a, a massive drop set at the end. And I'd spill on the first exercise. I was done. I'm like, I can't do anymore. In fact, this is I, what are you doing to me? And then you go, no, 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 it's leg press. So we'd go on a leg press. So we'd say, oh, look, what can you do? So we'd end up putting, say, just put 10 plates on or whatever. So we say, right, 10 plates, five reps, each plate down to one, and then all the way back up to 10, three times. So that would be leg press. And then he'd do dumbbell squats. And he'd do like seven sets of dumbbell squats. Then you do hamstring curls, same thing again. Absolute failure. Calves would be 10 or 12 sets to failure. Sessions are probably two and a half hours long, maybe three hours long. This guy was, obviously this guy's a genetic freak because you can't train like that for long periods of time. And, and well, so the data was saying it'll grow. Obviously, he was doing gear, obviously. But he just kept growing. As like, You're a freak, you're inhuman. What are you doing to me? Did it's he, the first did, I've ever seen curl a 50k dumbbell. Jesus. Jesus. Mm. He can curl more than I can squat. Well, there's a power lifter in the gym who was probably doing 280, 290 kilos, and we never deadlifted. 
he'd never deadlifted. And he walked over and he said, let me show you the deadlift and just picked it up like it was nothing. There's a guy, where are you from? What is wrong? Where have you come from? Shortly after that leg session, he had a nice little wheelchair waiting for you on the way out. I was crawling out. I couldn't, I couldn't drive the car. So I couldn't you, drive the... I bet you can walk for about four weeks by the sounds I... of it. Well, this happened every week. Right. This is every week. And probably every city end, so I had to stop. Mm, okay. Well, it's fun. Ed, next question. Um, so, okay, so we spoke about like your training history and how you used to be Big John Boy from the Valleys. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, do you have any sort of future aspirations of being Big John Boy from the Valley again, or you know, well, what is your future future goal? Well, obviously, getting married in May 2020. So my thought, that's like a medium term goal. My thought is to cut down as far as possible to that day, so I actually look good, hopefully. And then maybe spend an actual considerable amount of time gaining muscle because over my life we've just gone up and down without we never really spending a lot of time trying to deliberately gain muscle. So I think I'm going to spend maybe a year, 18 months after that trying to gain some actual size. Like my ideal, I thought my ideal look long term would be like it was hard to hard to see on weight, but like maybe <clears throat> thirteen and a half, fourteen stone with like ten percent, twelve percent body fat, something like that, sitting around there. That would be my my ideal realistic goal. Long term. Where at the moment? Fourteen and a bit. So fourteen, six, fourteen, seven. Just need to recomp. Considerably. <laughs> so okay so you say you're going to diet down for the wedding next may um what's the the plan between now and may then um when when would the diet start would you go hard and fast would you go a bit more slow and steady like, well, what's the what's the approach right so the wedding's going to be in 2020 so how long is that going to be what's that 18 months 18 months about yeah well i've i've thought about Initially, I haven't really given too much thought to it at the minute. Is just stay in maintenance for a couple, another month or two, and then just slowly bring it in, as in just drop a couple hundred calories and just go for that slowly. Spend a couple of weeks there, drop it again, not go too mad, and then maybe <clears throat> at the year mark start doing in, in bursts. It's all good. It's, I've never done this before. So aggressive dieting for <clears throat> maybe one or two months, and then <clears throat> like a maintenance period of a week or two. I know it's not a long time, but then go again. So you spend less time being super aggressive, but you are being aggressive, and you're losing weight faster, and you get periods of maintenance that you've got almost look forward to. I mean, a month to eight weeks of dieting is not that long, really. So in my head, I think. That's the approach I might take, and what I'm, I am going to do, I think, is gonna, I'm going to go bro. I am flexible dieting. Obviously, is good long term, but for me, 
it's too easy to be too flexible. So for me, this is probably not the best idea for most people. I will, I plan on <clears throat> being aggressive, but with a limited um, array of foods. So your standard like chicken, broccoli, rice, fish, meat, blah, all that sort of stuff. Because I know when I get into that routine, then it's easy to stick to. So then in the, when the maintenance periods come, then I can introduce those foods a little bit more, the flexible approach, but not too flexible. Because I think if you get into that habit of a week or two of doing that, it's hard to get back into it. So that's the way I think I'm going to approach it probably a year out. Because I think for me, well, for everyone really, you think you're leaner than you are and it's going to take you less time than it really is. Like I think 50 weeks is enough time. Because if I have to, and I can grow up to it. If you know what I mean? I know it's not going to grow that much over a couple of months, but I'd rather be ready early, maybe two, three months early, and then <clears throat> slowly increase the food intake. So that's my like rough plan I've thought in my head briefly. I haven't really written anything down yet, but I always look back and I think, when were you in the best shape? When did you enjoy dieting most? When did you enjoy training most? And it was always when I was broke. It's just what, just what it is. Now, you get into that routine of eating boring food, and just when you're in it, you're in it. When you're in the dark, as I say, you might as well keep going. Uh, yeah, I, I do get what you mean. Um, for some people, like you say, and I know we've spoken about this before, you do give yourself too much choice. Um, this the old, you know, you have a 150 calories left at the end of the day. Do you just bank them or do you find the most elaborate Instagram worthy way of filling those 150 calories? And then next thing you know, oh shit, I've gone over by 50, 60, 70 calories. And, and then you do that every night of the week and um, you've soon sort of chipped away a part of your deficit there. Um, so uh, unless you're like super... I suppose this is where it comes in that everybody's slightly different because you've got somebody a bit more like Brett who's a bit more kind of super regimented and, you know, he will find a, you know, a good and tasty way of nailing those 150 calories. But I know myself, I'll be like, yeah, well, I'll have 150 calories of cheese. Um, oh, wait, that's only one crumb. Um, well, the best have three crumbs. <laughs> best have three crumbs. <laughs> never happen. I would never, ever waste 150 calories on cheese unless it's eat lean because all the proteins... <laughs> but well, this is the thing though people make bad decisions for for their for their flexibility so i mean it, you just we can see it in the four-week challenge at the moment that we're running you know we've got people who are making fantastic losses but you're looking at some people's meal choices and you like it's stuff we can't i suppose just because we, we know the calories just by looking at things but you do think oh shit you know you're really wasting your calories no wonder you're hungry mm. and you try and say that to them but it just people don't really realize because um you know they haven't got as many tracking years i suppose uh under, under their belt but it's all a learning curve and you know johnny knows his body so if you're listening to this and thinking oh johnny's such a bro um you know people people know their bodies and i know as soon as i start dieting i just go to default meals apart from like maybe apart yeah. from my evening meal but i just go to default meals for for lunch right chicken root vegetable mash maybe a bit of rice if I'm allowed for like the second lunch, you know, um, 
whey protein for, for breakfast with it or um, like cottage cheese and rice cakes you know just go to default things because I know right I don't even have to track it because I know right that meal's 350 calories that meal's 500 calories and I know that I can have so many of those meals and if I don't know what I want for my evening meal then it's going to be a default meal to stop me kind of going over the top with picking something that doesn't quite fit or that I try and bend to fit and yeah I find the working shifts helps me out. No, that's maybe mm. totally opposite of what actually it should do because shifts messes you up really, doesn't it? In terms of health yeah. and stuff. But because, like in my old job, you'd work, like for people who work days, this is like such a bizarre thing to work. It's like you'd work 24 hours one week, say Wednesday, Thursday, days or nights, and then the next week you'd work 60, so Monday, Tuesday, nights, and then a weekend of days or vice versa. Then it's so easy to go right. I can spend now a random time, like eleven o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, prepping my food for the week or whatever. So this is not an excuse. I suppose it is a little bit, but it shouldn't be an excuse. Um, but um, it's harder for me on days. I find like your standard eight to eight to half past four. I find it more difficult to prep, probably because you come home, lies up, or in the bedroom, so it's a, bit, it's a bit harder, but I find shifts was easier for me. So if I get back on shifts, I think it'll be easier. Sure. Sure. Cool. That's just me. I'm totally opposite to most people, so I'm yeah. a freak. Yeah. You are, you are right in that, obviously, doing shift patterns, working nights, moving outside your circadian rhythm, because all the stuff we talked about with Alan Flanagan on, obviously, the episode with him. It should dysregulate all of your appetite signals and uh, hunger signals and stuff and make it a lot harder to stick to a diet and mess up your health, like you say. But mm. I think with those shifts, because it's not your standard mornings, five days in the mornings, five days of afternoons, five days of nights, which is, I wouldn't like to do that. Because it's, you're not really working that many night shifts. So your skin with him isn't that messed up. I mean, you essentially work one week of days and that's it hmm. I mean so it's not that bad that type of shift pattern I don't think for me it was fine there's sure. a better shift in so so let's let's find out then Johnny how you got in the fitness industry do you know what I was thinking about this the other day I was actually sitting on the set in my mates I was wondering what, my, what was I going to do in my life one of those like what am I doing it's got, got to a crossroads yeah, I was like, I, was, I think I was working shift. It's like only days off. Because obviously everybody works nine to five generally, didn't they? You're like, what am I doing my days off? I don't do anything. You know, what, what am I doing? Like, I mean, when you sit in it, what are you doing? When you do nutrition course, when you're training, just do that. So I done a Stormbridge, you do them, online Stormbridge thing. I've done that. Done a nutrition thing. Liked it. And then. Sort of went from there. I think I'd done BTN Academy after that. Ooh. And then you just, I think you just, you just, you find these courses, you know, then you find other people, and then you think, oh, what is this course, or what that, and you just end up being balls deep into it then, didn't you, basically? So it's gone from like sitting on the set, or well, you just try nutrition, when they say saying it. Oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. Doing a fundamentally crappy online course. But the basics, there's no stupidness in it. Just biology and the basics, nutrition. And then sort of, sort of went from there then. You just get a, you better, in, you get a better interest in all 
how can I get my training better? How do I get more muscle? How do I do this? How do I do that? And you end up researching and and they're doing the BTN Academy, SPS Academy, then Mac Nutrition, while meeting you all you legends of men and female now. And then just they're just in it, and you just it's just there. For you and you. Still none the wiser, still no idea what you're still, doing. No idea what <laughs> Chicken and broccoli is the best way. <laughs> Fish and a rice cake. Fish and a rice cake. I doubt you're giant now. I have chicken and broccoli at least five days a week. It's a, it's a decent meal. It is. And rice, funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Jasmine rice is the best rice you've got to say. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of jasmine. Very easy on the gut. Nice and digestible. It's just lovely. Yeah, that's fluffy. Mm-hmm. Boring, boring answer, really. <laughs> um, so, what is the biggest thing you see going wrong with clients uh, or kind of in, in general? Where do people go wrong the most? Two things, I think. They clearly do not know how many calories they're eating. Um... And they think they can actually listen to their body when they can't. Most people can't. So they first are just not aware of what they're eating. And two, I find a lot of, not so much a current clients at the minute, but I've seen people who, who don't think they need to change anything. Oh, it doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. It doesn't do this. Well, tough shit. You've been doing what you've been doing for 10 years and it's not working. You have to change something. So two things, people are not aware of the calories that they're consuming and they believe that health foods are like sort of calorie-free almost. And two, they think that they don't need to change anything about what they do currently to change. Oh, yeah, but that doesn't suit my lifestyle. That doesn't suit my kids. That doesn't suit this. That doesn't suit that. If someone told me with my current lifestyle, you need to change what you do to get the results you need, and I'd have to change it. I'd have to accept it that if you need to get results, you have to change what you're doing. Whereas if I find a lot of, especially these days, rather than all the, it seems to be more of this happening recently rather than a couple of years ago. I feel mm. like I was going to say. I wonder whether a lot of it might be because. I guess it's like fashionable nowadays to the whole IFYM stuff. And maybe people don't quite understand the concept of what IFYM really should be. And they just mm. kind of feel like, oh, but I've seen people lose weight eating pizza or donuts. Why can't I continue to eat pizza and stuff? It's like, well, you can, but you kind of got to then accept what the consequence of doing that is, i.e. like the point Ed made earlier around cheese and poor dietary choices. You're going to go hungry. Because otherwise, if you don't go hungry eating pizza, it probably means you're overeating. Yeah. It's like in Slimming World, they say, oh, I'm eating all this stuff not to feel hungry. Well, look, sorry, but you're going to have to feel hungry at some point to lose weight. That's just how it is eventually. You've got to get there. Mm. I think, so as the world is in general, they just, there's too many, I mean it's in the nicest possible, but there's too many fannies around the place. Look, you need to be told what to do because you're not doing it yourself. Don't, and then don't blame other people when you're not doing it. Yes, of course, you need to give someone an outline that 
is not totally against the whole lifestyle. You know what I mean? You're not going to give a flaming endurance runner a keto diet, you know what I mean? Well, some idiots would, but there we are. You know what I mean? You've got to look at the constructs of what their life, their lives are, but there still needs to be changed in what they're doing now. So there's too much, too many people drinking wine like it's going out of fashion. Too many people going out to parties all the time and think they can eat what they want just because if it fits your macros. And it's like, come on, use your head. It ain't going to happen. And then they, they moan then. I'm not losing weight. Well, that's me. Sort it out then. It irritates me. Of course we coaches and we've got to help people through. But like, if you're not willing to help yourself, just accept that you can't change at the minute and then come back when you're fucking ready. Because that is the thing. Some people are not ready. Like if someone said to me now, you need to go on a show in 12 weeks, I'd be like, I am not doing that. Are you crazy? I am not ready. Maybe in six months, and I will be, but accept it. So two things, people being stupid for what they're eating because if it fits your macros and you're not willing to change. Yeah, cool. There's more than that, but I can go on all day, but we yeah. haven't got that much. Well, we, yeah, we, we, the question was, what's the one thing? You come up with two already, so we'll, we'll, we'll start. I don't mean to be offensive to anyone. I'm not that type of person to really offend people, but if you're offended, then you obviously, I'm right. You've been triggered. By the Johnny. Uh, so, what what's like the one specific thing that you would like to rid the industry of? Can I give a name? If you really want to, as long as it's Thomas not DeLaura. Thomas Delaura. He's such a dick. I was going to say, give a name as as long as it's uh, not slanderous and gets us in trouble. <laughs> it just isn't. Is nothing that he says. That makes any sense. It's like you were talking. It's, it's putting oil in water. This is how keto works in your body. And you're fucking ridiculous. What a dick. It annoys me because people are buying his stupid nonsense. Oh, look. Don't eat bananas because they've got loads of sugar in them and they're making you fat. Yeah, fucking dick. Take my greens drink instead. It's great. I'll have to ram a greens drink into his face. So for him. <laughs> people like him. Johnny doesn't like keto. So it's just like everything he says, but then all his all his followers, all he knows what he's talking about. He clearly yeah. does. Get it? Just oh, let 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 history people's intelligent people go to mud, yeah. so they bring out. I was just going to say, let's uh, um, quantify this for the listeners, and that Johnny doesn't hate keto, even though he sounds like he does. Uh, he knows there's a time and place for keto yes. uh, for certain scenarios. What he doesn't like is when people dress keto up as some sort of magic pill or formula that is the only sole key to weight loss when it 100% is not. So that's yeah. why he gets so irate because people are basically trying to sell it as magic snake oil. Um, and the apple cider vinegar thing is the same guy again. You will lose weight of apple cider vinegar. Use the studies and they're in rats. I'm like, they're in rats. Last time I checked, the human race is not a rat, but they're humans, not rats. It's just everything he says is, is just like, it's, to me, he's robbing people. To me, you may as well be stealing cars, because you're stealing people's money. So you're saying he may as well be scouts? In, yeah, pretty much. Or Welsh, <laughs> whichever. Valley boy. Whatever. Wow. I think that was quite yeah. specific. That's, that's quite specific. Mm. <laughs> on the flip side of that then so talking about the good in the industry where do you see triple n in five years time 
five years' time. Hopefully, we'll be affecting thousands of people. That's what I want to be. Thousands of tens of tens of thousands of people that can actually see right. Yes, of course, they're going to make money because it's a business, but what they talk is sense, and they never see you into thinking this is a magic way of doing things. We'll always tell you this is the way it is, and we're not driven by money like that person I mentioned is. So five years' time, I've been thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, and now message getting out to the masses. I hope we are hated by other people in the industry. Because when you're hated by someone, you know you've made it. So that Thomas DeLaura has fucking made it, isn't he? <laughs> so uh, that's what I think. He, he hasn't made it, mate, because it depends how you define success. And I do not define success mm. in money. That is 100% true. Um, it's about respect from the peers that you respect. So that's success for me. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, we all want to make money, clearly. But I couldn't... I couldn't deceive people the way that he's doing just to make an extra $10 per whatever, whatever he sells. It's like, come on. It, it, people can be wrong, which is fair enough. But like, when you're blazing ripping people off, it's like, you're a scumbag. So in five years' time, when we are not only uh, successful because we've helped tens of thousands of people uh, and had a positive impact on their lives um, we're obviously all financially secure which is obviously a byproduct of helping other people not not the key mm. driver um, so when we're all managed to afford you know a, a, a small quaint little area near each other so we can all be a nice little family who would you want to live next door to i.e. who's your favourite coach Oh, out of you boys. I think when in any world, eh? And Fran. Who do I want to live next to? What's the oh, question? Eh? Well, you don't have to. That, that was more of a metaphor about saying, who's your favourite coach? I was just dressing it up into something very smart and intellectual, but I guess it's lost on lost on the Welsh boy. So let's just let's just say what I said to Paul then. If you had to... Fair play. He said you, actually. So uh, if you'd listen back. But no, I was just going to say, if you had to kill kill all of the coaches other than one person, who would you leave alive? Oh, fuck. That's, just... <laughs> That's a brutal way of doing it. Would I keep alive? Yeah, is it still Ed? Yeah, still Ed. You two, you two bum boys. Oh, now I've just. If, if we live close enough to each other, we could get two tin cans and a bit of string straight in between windows. Then instead of texting all the time, and then we'd be avoiding blue lights. Yeah. All right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could happen. It's like yeah. uh, Dennis the Menace style or that type of era. At least, yeah. Or the Waltons. I don't know. Do they have tin cans and rings? The Waltons. Well, so what? It's just that era. But yeah, it doesn't even know who the Waltons are. No, good night, John Boy. No, I have no idea. It's an it's a old show that used to be on Channel Four. The oh, yeah. Are you I am. Yeah. Yeah, but Ed's not. I remember Ed's, Ed's just a baby. Twenty-five, really? Twenty-four. Twenty-five. God, give me credit. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> He's got a job. <laughs> <laughs> You got a house though, so yeah. two. <laughs> I was gonna say two. <laughs> right, three next year. <laughs> yes. 
Um, <laughs> we're just talking about cars and houses. Um, if you had to live on one food forever, cereal. It can't, it can't be wheat. <laughs> cereal! Cereal! <laughs> I think it might be cereal. What's What type of cereal then? One cereal. Please say Weebix. Chocolate pillows. Oh. Or, 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 no, so one, just one, just, just, just pick one, just pick one, please, mate. Pick one. Chocolate pillows. Chocolate pillows, right. Final answer, that's accepted, chocolate pillows. Yeah. They are nice, to be fair. They're horrendous in terms of calorie content, though. Yeah. I measured out a 30-gram uh, serving once of those, and it is literally about 10 of them. Yeah. For, like, 180 you, calories. You are? You measure them. I don't ever measure... Uh, chocolate pillows because I don't ever eat them, mate. No, I try to avoid them at all costs. Yeah. I, I, I did uh, I did use it as content once, I think. I Chocolate pillows. I measured a serving and did the usual Frit Pro. Oh, let's compare what you would eat to what you should eat and you see the size difference and the calorie difference. And to be fair, it was something ridiculous. Like I think a standard bowl kind of filled up but not like like massively full was something like eight or nine hundred calories whereas like a, a single serving of 180 calories was literally about 10 pillows so yeah they are they're the types of food you want to avoid if you're on a diet let's be honest rice krispies are the ones the way forward yeah i've right. been i've been eating rice krispies every morning for the last week or two uh, before going training in the gym at 5.30, mainly because summer now has decided she don't want rice krispies so i have to eat the leftover shit so, that's the thing with kids isn't it you have to eat their leftover stuff yeah you make them food you're like mm, I think I'll take that again kids are horrendous for your diet in every aspect oh yeah 100% mine's gone right in the pants since uh, Liza was born yeah it's like two hours of sleep a night yeah. for like weeks just straight like I, I can't I can't fathom cooking anything or I, my appetite regulations is non-existent anymore I just like to eat just cereal. like to eat her leftovers and cereal, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it was the worst, it's the worst time ever, apart from when I was 18 stone. That's my diet's ever been. Yeah. Oh well, lesson learned, don't have kids. Oh, I've done, but you make sure they sleep. That's, that's, e that's easy said and done. Yeah, that's so easy. <laughs> that's what everybody, every new parent says, isn't it? Oh, mine will be different, mine will sleep. No. Well, they won't. They never do. None of them. No. I was up, mate. I was up at two a.m. last night with Summer because uh, she cried out, left her for a few minutes, didn't seem she was going to settle. So I went and picked her up, laid her down, and she kind of was okay. And then the second I tried to move, she'd stick her head up and start crying again. So I literally had to stand next to her, and I stand there for like I don't know, probably no more than about five minutes. But within that five minutes, she kept sticking her head up and just having a look, just to make sure I was there. Look yeah. again, and then eventually I kind of thought she's just about gone off asleep now, where I can probably sneak out the room. But it's like, oh man, and that might have seemed a lot, but that just broken sleep is horrific. Surprising, I think, until you look back and you look when they like sleeping, you look back and think, oh my god, how did I actually manage to do that? Because, mm. like, obviously, I look back now when she was really young. I remember, I remember going back and forth from the kitchen to the living room at three o'clock in the morning because you mm. wouldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. Back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, oh my god, I work like four hours. Please go to sleep. Yeah, you, I think you do get used to the level of, of how it's a bit like a lot of things. You get used to it. I think you just cope. Cause like you say, when it's, when they're first born, or when if you do have like 
ch- children that have incredibly poor sleep habits. Um, kind of like the way I, I describe it as that. <laughs> you do have children that don't sleep. You do like you do look back and think, I don't know how I cope, but you did. And it's the same now. Like I look back now, even like getting woken up like once last night for five ten minutes. I think, oh, it's killed me, man. But then I think that's actually probably some of the best. Obviously, she sleeps through a reasonable amount nowadays. But like now is probably like in general the best I've had it. Yet I'm now still moaning. But I think again because you just get used to whatever you've got. You do, you know. Ever since she's been born, I can't look at things with kids on TV, in the newspaper. I it's it's me there. I'm like, I can't look at it. Don't don't speak to me about it. I get angry. My guy kills him. Just, I don't know. Just, just can't. I just can't watch anymore. Can't you, watch anything. You, you mean you mean when you see like uh, tragic stories about kids? Is what you meant? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if someone did that to my kid, you, 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 you made it sound as though like, oh, if I see kids TV programs, I get really angry. <laughs> <laughs> like, per- oh, Peppa Pig's on TV. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, I need to because you, you, I think when when they born, you're obviously more. Is there's it's out there as not as normal, but you just see it more. You just look for it more. I think not look for it, but you just it stands yeah, yeah. out more. It's I like, know oh, what it's like when you look for a search for a car, like you suddenly notice, like I don't know, yeah. I never notice there's so many of X cars on the road, um, just because you've looked for that particular model, and all of a sudden you see them everywhere. It's just you do become far more kind of aware of them. But well, yeah. that's why you get a car that's brand new that there aren't many of on the road. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and charge it to a business that. account and then you haven't got to worry about it yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> like a broken record <laughs> I'm fed up with not being able to retire because we keep funding your <laughs> lavish fucking vehicle choice my next door neighbour's dog is off again she leaves it out and she leaves it back for 10 to, for ten to 15 minutes and I want to strangle it it's like any normal person would go up to the dog and say like, shut up do we need to do and get back in? Our dog got it barked once. Shut up, shut up, do we? And he comes back in. That little rat is outside still barking. So jo- Johnny's basically offended Indians, Scouse people, Welsh, and now we're going to have the RSPCA on our asses. I just, <laughs> just a little. It's like the owner is like a no, no respect, no like sense. Oh yeah, it's like ten o'clock in the night. She's done at twelve o'clock the night before. A baby woken up. Can you imagine it? You put her to sleep. She's been a nightmare for hours, and you hear the dog. Shelly freaked out. Absolutely went mental. I thought that next one is going to happen tomorrow. But out the window, <laughs> shoved in. You Profound. shut that fucking thing up. Along <laughs> with those exact lines. And funny enough, for a month after, we didn't hear the dog once. <laughs> <laughs> it might have to be another episode of that coming. I say to be owner probably was too scared you're going to murder it, mate. So he probably took it off to a kennel for a month just to keep out of the way. Last night I did say to our dog quite loud in in your shot because he jumps over the little the little, little wall there. I said, look, if you can if you're going to go over that fence, make sure you bite it. <laughs> make sure you just to make sure my pleasure of it, of it barking. We're, we're we're caveat again, or uh, we're not we're not um, advocating that type of behaviour. Johnny's only joking. I am only joking. You're gonna get a suit, <laughs> right? Other than other than letting your do- other than letting your dog obviously bite other dogs. What's the craziest thing you've ever done that you're allowed to say without your, your <laughs> without your mum listening? So the craziest thing I've ever done. Oh, oh. can we can we record this bit twice? So one in 
then over the week until we launch it, can we find out whether Johnny's mom actually <laughs> listens to this or not? <laughs> and if she doesn't, then we we can air the uh, the director's cut. <laughs> the explicit version, yeah. Oh, what can I say? I don't know. It sounds like your leg sessions with your Russian mate is is uh, probably one of the craziest things you've ever done. But I'm trying to I'm trying to think back. So obviously, I worked the door for seven years, isn't I? Yeah. I'm trying, oh, I, I, said, I, said, I said, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Like, not who. <laughs> I can tell you a few. Not, they're not. I can't. They're not crazy, you know. But I'll tell you through a couple. A couple of things that are quite short, but are quite funny. Go on. It's like obviously when I was working, I was like twenty-two, twenty-three. So we chucked some guy out, and as they all, I like chucked some guy out, and as they all do, I'll come back and see you later. Blah blah blah. Yeah, right, whatever. And then ten minutes later, I was standing by the fire exit, and the fire exit window came through into the back med as a guy. He was quick. We usually actually wait to the end of the night. So I ended up chasing him with the radio on. So imagine like a police use over your head, the UFOPs in. I ended up chasing him through Wyden Street, packed at like 11 o'clock in the night. And then strangling him through Wyden Street. But as I was running towards him, my radio fell off and smashed me in the face. So it looked like I had a black, I had a black eye. It looked like it was from him. So I was dragging this guy through the street. In my in my arm, strangled him through. Anyway, to that, there's one. Um, did you blame? Did you say the guy actually hit you just so you get more of a? No, it's cameras off. I was about to say. I'll, I'll say it's probably also less embarrassing getting told you're hit by that dude than getting a black yeah. guy from your own radio. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was uh, quite amusing. You can't. Do, I, I was never a bully. I can never bully people. Zuta class. Um, I crashed. Well, fine. I've come back from work. Oh, this is like what, 20, probably 2021 again. Distracted, driving. Um, <laughs> that, that eyebrow raise definitely said a lot. <laughs> crashed into crashed into, to another, into another car, side on at like two in the morning, three in the morning. So I go to the car. And this guy's, what are you doing? I said, look, mate, I'll give you, I've got stuff to do. I'll give you 20 quid and we'll, Call it quits. He says, "All right, no problem." I was like, "What? You're, you're, you're happy with that? You're twenty quid. You, you, you need to respray. You're not going to do from bank, but it's." I thought, "Give him twenty quid," and I left. But I thought, in the back of my head, I was thinking, clearly he has no insurance, so I could have said, "I'm not giving you anything," and just carried on going. Because I'm a nice guy, I give him twenty quid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wrecked your car, but because I'm a nice guy, I gave him twenty quid. I just try, I'm trying to think where else. Craziest thing. I've been in some stupid. I've been in some really dodgy situations. I won't say they're crazy. Crazy. It was like, again, this is like it's because of because of the work in the door. And you get into some stupid situations where you would normally not get in in real in normal life. Being surrounded by fifteen blokes and again, what am I going to do? I'm just thinking, oh, should we just punch the biggest one and see what happens? But funny enough, it ended up all right. You, I found the one person that you could actually talk to, and then we managed to defuse a potentially ridiculous situation, which would have been bad for us, even if I with us, into a fairly pleasant situation. And the good thing, different, you'd meet so many people. You'd actually have people saying, oh, can we come in for free? I'm like, no. If you do something that I find amusing, 
or entertaining, and I might might consider it. Um, and some guy actually done some some quite cool magic and let me in for free. Another guy gave me thirty quid to come in, just skip the queue. This guy still got to pay to get in, mind. Yeah, yeah, right. She gave me thirty quid to pay another five quid to get in. Stupid. I thought you were going to say he gave me thirty quid to avoid paying a fiver to get in. No, it's just like <laughs> thirty quid, just that, insane. That'd probably happen in Wales, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. <laughs> Someone that's especially on White Street. <laughs> proper dodgy. Where, where, where did you used to to work on the doors? I've, I've, I've been down White Street. Lava Lounge went across the play a few times. Play was just like it was insane. Proper insane. It's like this. These are animals in here. It's like, what is wrong with people? You are all animals. Animals. But yeah, creating. Not really that crazy, they really, but. No, but I think there's some funny stories that hopefully our listeners will love. Yeah. Well. I've got one, but I can't remember any really. Well, if, if anyone wants anything, know a bit, or know anything a bit more. Um, uh, can condemning or damning uh, about you Johnny they have to message you directly and ask about your, your stories that you can't say the ones that you said your mum can't hear so um, well I've really enjoyed getting to know you better mate I must admit thanks I really better. enjoyed I like questions yeah. a little bit boring but from the listener's point of view but no I think they'd be very entertaining people like to know about people and their personalities you don't want to just hear us talk just about nutrition and we did give some you know we had a little chat about nutrition and training throughout and there might be some value there I hope so yeah. my, my opinion my opinions on life have changed in the last year or so should be quite interesting yeah yeah my, my opinions in the same like the last two three years maybe I've got really fucking boring if I'm honest so uh, my opinions are pretty dull god's sake when my episode comes around when they're going to ask about me about 20 minutes probably so nah. long, which is probably the longest I've ever lasted let's be honest <laughs> and on that note and on that goodbye. note yeah on that note I'll say Ed press the button but then I forget I'm recording so I better press the button so if that was EastEnders now the, the song would be on straight after that like dun, 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 dun. should we all sing it Riffic song takes me back. Oh, Ricky! <laughs> <laughs> we have to cut that up and use him as sound bites. Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Right, on that note, on that note, let's say bye bye and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.